I'm laying in bed. My bed is so comfy, so, so comfy. I just came back from my typical nine to five. I'm a worker. I live in an apartment. You know how it is. I turn in my sheets. I lift my blanket to my chin. Oh, so warm. Oh, what's this? I feel eyes on the back of my head. I turn around. I open my eyes. I gasp. What are you doing in my apartment? A clown looks down at me. It holds a satchel on a stick. And it says, I'm here to pick up rent. I gasp. But I don't pay my rent to you. I pay my rent to my landlord. The clown chuckles. <laughs> no, you pay your rent to me now. I killed your landlord. I gasp. <gasps> I shoot up in my bed, sitting up. <laughs> I, <laughs> I sit up in my bed and I gasp again. <gasps> I can't believe this. You killed my landlord? The clown nods slowly. Yes. Now give me rent. I shake my head. But I paid rent already. We don't have money for rent right now. I work a typical 9 to 5. I don't have enough for rent and groceries and my own personal life. The clown shakes his head again. Ah, uh, your problems mean nothing to me. I don't even have the <laughs> I don't even have the luxury of working a 9 to 5. I'm a hobo. <laughs> I, I scream. No! Oh my god! I can't pay rent! I don't know what I'm gonna do! The clown opens its satchel on a stick and grabs a knife. Well then, you're dead. And he stabs me. Ow! Oh, it burns! It hurts! Blood oozes. <laughs> And I become a ghost. Hi, everyone. Oh, man. Welcome to our first episode of our spooky podcast. That was a spooky start to our first episode. This is Spooky Stories with Mel and Jess. I am your host, Ahona. And I hope you're ready to get your pants scared off. <laughs> Sorry, I meant socks. <laughs> I meant socks. Keep your pants on. I am your host, Ahona. I am a Sagittarius. I am currently 19 years old, and my favorite food is not chocolate-covered strawberries. We have Melanie and Jessica, who have both written stories with the prompt, a man wakes up to find a hobo clown staring down at him. And we will be hearing those stories today in our first episode. We have our special guest, our first special guest, Carson. Carson, say hello to the crowd. Hello, the crowd. Oh my god, the cheering is deafening. All right, let's just jump right in. I am excited to hear some stories. Uh, good luck topping that one, fellas. We are going to introduce our competitors. Jess, tell us one fact about you. Um, I, I have two birds, and they are named after the um, writers Mary and Percy Shelley. Oh my god, that is the sweetest ever. Mel, introduce yourself, give us one fun fact, and try to top that, how about? Um, I had two birds. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's a touchy subject, folks. Leave them alone. <laughs> oh, 
beautiful brother. Carson, please introduce yourself. Give us one fun fact and why you're excited to be a judge, because I know you're excited to be a judge. Oh, I'm Carson. Uh, my fun fact is that I've never owned any birds. And I'm really excited to be uh, a guest here today because I just love hearing some spooky stories and I'm really excited to get into it. Hey, that's why we're all here, am I right? You sure are. <laughs> I'm testing out a new host voice. Uh, listeners, please let me know if it is good. Uh, and by new host voice, I mean my only host voice. I'll try different ones throughout the um, duration of this podcast. Okay, so the point of this podcast is to give our competitors a prompt, and they are writing stories to share with us. They can be scary, they can be funny, they can be romantic, whatever they want. They're in charge. We're just here to listen. And we are going to have our judges rate them on a three-point system. Our three-point system has three different categories, each uh, rated by five. The first category is, would I tell this story around a campfire? And the second category is, can I sleep tonight? And then the third and my favorite category is, <laughs> my third and favorite category is, Sorry. My third and favorite category to decide our winner is, can I bring it home to mama? <laughs> so with those three different criteria, we will decide a winner for today's episode. And listeners at home or in the car or wherever you may be, don't worry. We will put up polls on our Twitter. You can participate. You will have a say. You won't feel left out, I promise. I promise, I promise. By the end of this podcast season, we are going to reward our winner with a prize that is going to be a Subway sandwich paid by me, your host, Ahona, and a $10 e-transfer. So be very wise on who you choose to be the winner because I don't want my money being spent someplace silly. <laughs> We are going to start off with our first storyteller, Jess. Take it away. Spook my socks off. I, I, I hope to. I intend to. All right. Um, it doesn't have a title. Were we supposed to give them titles? I didn't give mine a title. Okay. How about you tell the stories and then I can pick a title? <laughs> I love that. Or, okay. Tell the story. Blow my socks off. Alrighty. Are you ready? The room was still dark, and the clock read 2.41am when Rob was pulled from his slumber by an uneasy feeling. The night itself was soft, quiet, but something weighted and far too silent sat in the corner of his room. The darkness blurred, the definition in his vision. He blinked and a figure faded in against the shadows. Pale-faced and almost like smoke, but no, he'd always been there, hadn't he? That's why he'd woken up. Two eyes, almost glowing in the blackness, unblinking and unwavering in focus. A face white as a sheet, no, not white, painted white, 
with red around the mouth, around the eyes, on the nose. Thick black contour lines, all smudged, all familiar. Charlie? The name, the word, more of a breath had passed from his mouth before he could think. Hey, Rob. Long time, the figure replied, slowly seeming more and more formed in the dark with every passing moment. It had his face. It had his voice. But it couldn't have been him. Charlie. Was it a dream? He sat up. The cotton sheets shifted as he did, the mattress giving a little under his redistributed weight. The world felt real, solid, except for the man, the clown standing a few feet from the foot of his bed, still in the same costume, a lit cigarette hanging from his mouth he couldn't remember being there before. The glow was muted, too muted in the dark. His costume was ragged and worn. The silence hung heavier and heavier in the room, the only sound in his ears the sound of his own shaking breath and heartbeat. What are you doing here? he asked, hesitant to speak any more, but obviously not enough to refrain. The answer didn't matter if it was a dream. If it wasn't, he shuddered to think. What good would talking do? Charlie slowly turned his head, and he followed to see what his unfailing gaze had settled upon next. The door to his bedroom, ajar and opening still. I wanted to show you something. Where he had expected to see his normal apartment hallway beyond the bedroom door as it slowly creaked open was instead a nauseating display of color, light, and a sight he knew with dread. The old big top. It had been years since he'd even thought of his days at Mastro McGee's Circus Spectacular, let alone recalled the way it looked, smelled, sounded, or the way the sticky heat stayed trapped beneath the walls of the tent. But here it all was, waiting on the other side of his bedroom door. It was real, but tilted, <laughs> twisted as a dream is. The pale striped colors of the walls were tinged a reddish brown. The heavy smell of carnival food and sweat and the animals was suddenly rivaled by the smell of a deep rot. The music, the rise and falling of that swirling melody that he had tried so hard to banish from his memory, was suddenly slower, skewed, had fallen out of tune. The closer he looked at everything, from the risers to the set pieces in the ring, to the banners and the all-too-familiar ropes above, the more he saw the way time had eaten at it all. Chipped paint, rotten frame fibers, cracks in the wood showing the black and decomposed surface beneath. Like you remember, Charlie's voice was suddenly beside him, in his ear, and he turned to meet the cold eyes of a dead man he was trying to convince himself wasn't actually there. This is a dream, he said, shaking his head. Charlie laughed. At least, he was pretty sure that's what it was. It was guttural, from the core, almost sob-like in power and desperation. It's how I remember it. That night. His stomach dropped. He dreamt of that night, his last night at the circus, many times. But never like this. Never with the face of the man who brought an end to his career there. If this was a dream, it was a dream of guilt. It would be a torturous night, but one relieved by the sound of his alarm or the light of the sunrise pouring in through his window. If it wasn't a dream, what measure of hatred could have brought Charlie back to visit him? 
If it wasn't a dream, it was to be a waking nightmare. You ever miss it? The voice caught his attention, and suddenly next to him, that phantom of a man he once knew appeared solid, wholly defined and at place in the setting. His makeup was still smudged, clothes still in rags and marred with dirt and decay, but he looked as if, if Rob reached out a hand, he could touch him. This suspicion was confirmed when the man reached for him first, and with strong but frigid hands pushed him into the ring. Always said we could never imagine leaving. Always joked about doing this till we died, remember? Died. His mouth was too dry to speak. Around him, the indistinct, muddied voices of a crowd began to swell, and shadows piled onto the risers. Ghosts from that night, echoes no doubt as haunted by it as he was. Ladies and gentlemen, a bodiless voice called from the center of the ring, and his stomach lurched. You were the best damn flyer in the Midwest, no question. Stupid fearless. Charlie cast his gaze upward, and he followed suit. He blinked, and all at once came over him the jolting realization that he was now about forty feet in the air, toes just extending beyond the edges of the platform. Before him was a half-rotten pair of parallel ropes attached by a bar. I was just a clown. Literally, but also what kind of idiot do I gotta be to let you talk me into something like that? He felt the breathless voice against his back and turned around, teetering on the narrow ledge, face to face with him now, seeing up close the decay, seeing the gaunt and deteriorated state death had brought with it. It had peeled the color from his eyes, white and empty and now stark and terrifyingly sharp against the faded color of his makeup. His skin was ragged, jagged, and he could see the places it had been eaten away. His neck. Rob didn't know how he hadn't noticed it until now, but it was bent, crooked, like someone had tried to put it back, but the damage was too great, too final. I think my hands were sweaty. That's what it was. Couldn't hold to the bar properly, you know? Don't think I'd ever been that high before. He remembered the sound, the gasp of the crowd as the man fell, the sickening crack into silence as he hit the ground. You told me all I had to do was swing. All I had to do was swing and you'd catch me. People would love it. Shifting his eyes once again to the drop, to the distance between him and the ground, a knot formed in his stomach. Hands went cold and clammy. Rob had never been scared of heights before. Falling isn't that bad. Probably not as close to flying as what you did, but pretty darn close. It's the split second before you hit the ground that it all comes to you. It felt as though he was yanked into weightlessness, forced under the surface of gravity like water, down, 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 slower than he thought, but still, the stomach flipping, heart-dropping descent towards the dirt floor of the ring. He heard laughter beside him, a strange, cacophonous, hollow sound. He turned to see Charlie, bawling next to him, grinning a wide, sickening grin. He shut his eyes. The world lurched. He gasped awake, scrambling to free himself against the tangled cover of his sheets. The room was dark. The night was soft and quiet. The clock read 2.41 a.m., and Rob was pulled from his thoughts by the sound of his bedroom door creaking open. Uh, the end. Damn. This is a bad time to remember that I got scared easily. Wow, we! 
Wow. That's our first freaking story on this podcast. Ladies, gents, and everyone in between or not applicable to. That was our first story of the first episode of this spooky podcast. I noticed at one point the three of us, Carson, Mel, and I all had our mouths covered. It's like horror. Wow. Okay. Oh, do I get to give it a name? Yes, please. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I wasn't even freaking thinking of a name. How about um one night at the carnival? <laughs> Sweet and simple and very misleading. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh god, I have icky little chills. I have to close my blinds because I saw some street lights looking at me weird. Ooh. Got to eat a little bagel bite to calm the nerves. You guys know how it is. All right, Mel, how are you feeling? I am feeling incredibly nervous. Listen, <laughs> you don't need to feel nervous. I regret forcing Jessica to go first. <laughs> oh, brother. No, it's I asked to go second. <laughs> I know, I know. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You are two different people with two different talents. Jessica is scary, and you are incredible in every other way. I'm in love with you. <laughs> I find you incredibly inferior. Okay, sorry for the flirting. Yeah. All right, Mel. Take it away. Spook my socks off. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Jennifer time for school oh my sorry <laughs> wait can i preface i didn't actually read the prompt before i started writing i just remembered hobo clown so there's no man awaking to a hobo clown there's just a hobo clown reference. that's so fine <clears throat> jennifer time for school my eyes slowly blink open to the sound of my mom calling me downstairs Ugh, just another typical day in my boring white girl life <laughs> I push myself out of bed and pad over to my wall mirror. I look tired. I throw my messy, dirty blonde hair into a double quadruple fishtail updo and throw on some ripped Abercrombie jeans over my size two body. <laughs> I'm not like the other girls in my small town. I don't care for makeup or boys or going to parties. I listen to My Chemical Romance and read books at concerts. I'm just so cool. Jennifer, you're going to be late. Coming, mom! Grabbing my mint green backpack and slugging it over one shoulder, I climb down the stairs of our upper middle class home. On the dinner table, mom has made the usual breakfast spread. Pancakes, ripe fruit, scrambled eggs, bacon, sausage links, hash browns, and fresh squeezed orange juice. I grab a piece of toast before heading out the door. I'm just so skinny. <laughs> Screw me, mom. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm off to school. <laughs> OMG, Jennifer! Samantha runs up to me. We've been friends since first grade. Things were simpler back then without cliques or society. We've managed to keep our friendship alive, but now that Samantha's ass is bigger than mine, she's, she's been way more popular with the boys than I could ever be. Whatever. Sorry. Whatever. Let them use up her flower. I'm waiting till marriage. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Samantha, your ass looks especially perky today. OMG, yas, thanks, queen. She twerks a little happily. <laughs> and 
Anyways, did you hear the news? The circus is in town. Ugh, just another simple pleasure for this simple-minded town. I'm too cool for peanuts and muscle men. I'll probably just go home and read Darwin's Origin of Species again like I always do. Oh my god. <laughs> Sounds cool, Samantha. Are you going? Of course! It's only here for one night. I hope I meet a hot trapeze artist. I smile at her if she, as she twerks away. What a whore. <laughs> my first class of the day is chemistry with Mr. Mobius. Usually I sit at the back table by myself while he drills out equations, but today, today was different. Okay, class, we have a new student. His name is Brock. <laughs> oh, can I stop midway? I don't know how to write straight people, and I realized halfway through I should have done it from the perspective of a man, so here's me describing what I think a hot man looks like to the, from the eyes of a woman. I look up. In walks the hottest daddy I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god, what the fuck? This is how you think. Dark brown hair and also brown eyes. The perfect combo. He's 16 but has a 12 pack. So swollen it sticks out of his tight v-neck. He winks at Mr. Mobius and takes a seat next to me. Hey. Um, hey. I'm Brock. Okay. I'm Jennifer. <laughs> Hi, Jennifer. Do you know anything about the foundation of evolutionary biology? Jesus Whoa, Christ. I can't say you just brought up Darwin. <laughs> That's like my favorite author. Yeah, actually, I, I love survival of the fittest. I, I tuck a loose hair behind my ear and stare at the desk, my cheeks flushed. I've never, boy who I never met a boy who made me feel like this before. Like I'm the only one in the room. I feel him smile at me and chuckle to himself. You're different from all the other girls, Jennifer. He slides a note onto my desk. See you around. The class bell rings and I open the note to find his number. Me? He's interested in me? What could I possibly have to offer? I'm saving my flower. <laughs> I have chills in all the opposite ways that Jess's story gave me chills. The rest of the school goes by in a blur. Just boring classes with boring people who only care about sex and money. Soon the bell rings and I'm free to go home. I start walking to my regular house with the pool and pull my phone out. Do I dare text him? I think back to our encounter in chemistry class and his swollen abs. How did his abs get so swollen? Probably because he does a million push-ups because he's Brock. <laughs> I take a deep breath and type out a hey. He answers. Hey, this is Jennifer, right? Yeah, it's me. I'm glad you texted me. Do you want to go out tonight? My heart skips a beat. Just me and Brock? Alone? Together? Um, sure. Great. I'll pick you up at eight. I can't believe this is really happening. My first ever date! I run the rest of the way home and sprint past my mom who does not care at all. Ugh, I wish I didn't have such boring clothes. I'm such a tomboy. All I wear are stupid jeans and Charles Darwin fangirl shirts. Maybe my mom might have something? I tiptoe into her room while she's distracted and pull out a stark white cocktail dress with a thigh slit. <laughs> OMG, this is perfect. Just what Brock will like. Oh, if only now I could tame my pin straight, dirty blonde hair. I settle for just leaving it down and read Origin of Species again until my night arrives. <laughs> Jennifer, someone's at the door. I jolt out of bed. Was I asleep? How long has it been? I run down the stairs and open the door to find Brock, who stares at me with delight. 
Hi, Jennifer. You look perfect. I smile at the ground because I'm insecure, and we get a Doomscar. <laughs> so, I ask, where are we going? He smiles. You ever been to the circus? <laughs> I frown. I thought we'd be going somewhere more classy. Classier than the circus? That's ridiculous. Besides, I have something to show you there. I guess this is fine. I mean, I trust Brock with my life, so I sit quietly and watch us pull into the parking lot. The circus is bustling with life. There's a huge Ferris wheel twinkling with lights, popcorn stands, fortune-telling booths, and all kinds of people from t around town laughing and walking around. Brock smiles and takes my hand as he leads me towards the big striped tent in the center of it all. Inside, there is a group of clowns all juggling and bumping into each other. Everyone is pointing and laughing at them. They're all so simple-minded. I can only pride myself in pure intellectual comedy. We wait for the act to be over and Brock leads me out the back door and towards a bonfire where I see even more clowns. Hey everyone, Brock said. This is my girlfriend, Jennifer. Did he just say what I think he did? Girlfriend? I shiver. That's so hot. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I think the way you see straight people is so terrifying. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Jennifer, this is my family. His family? You mean you're all clowns? I look around. Mask, throwing a big smile and red nose. That's where the similarities stop. Each person has their own brightly colored smile, truly making them unique. They all smile at me, and I feel warm and welcomed. Yeah, I come from a long line of clowns. Our history is complicated. He looks away because he's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I was laughing while I was writing it too. I cannot not laugh at my own jokes. So where do you guys live? On the road, mostly. We don't like to stay in one place for too long. There's such a prejudice against clowns, especially in small towns like this. An air of sadness falls over us. Wow, this is so sad. I wish I could make all their pain go away. I give Brock a side hug. Well, I'm glad you're all here tonight. Brock smiles once again. Me too. Tonight is a very special night. That's why I invited you. I blush, insecure again. Really? What makes it so special? Brock smiles knowingly to his family and turns back to me. To follow me and I'll show you. We wave goodbye to his hobo clown family <laughs> and re-enter back into the noisy circus grounds. He leads me to the booth of the Ferris wheel and whispers something to the tender. The tender looks at me a little funny and lets us on without a ticket. Wow, Brock has so many connections. We sit on one of the benches and begin to rise. Brock turns to me. Want to know something special about clowns? Sure, what? You never quite get to see their whole face. There's always something hidden about them. Brock is so deep. Although it's a little hard to concentrate with his thigh pressed up against mine. I swallow, steadying my nerves and keep listening. That's why we wear those masks. It makes it so much easier to slip from town to town. But eventually, eventually those masks get old, you know? They start to smell a little weird or they start to crumble and we gotta renew our resources. The Ferris wheel continues to rise. We're nearing the top now. Soon we'll be able to see the whole town. And good masks are really hard to come by, especially with our special material. I gasp as something sharp punctures my stomach. 
I look down and see Brock holding a knife and jabbing it further into me, moving it around. Everything feels hot, eyes go blurry. Brock grabs my shoulder to steady me. I don't even have strength to move away from his grip. Where would I go? I'm cornered. Brock's lips turn into a sadistic smile. Sorry, Jennifer. We just needed the materials, you know? Our masks are getting old. Oh my god. He looks up at you, enjoying this moment. I feel hot tears fall down my cheek as my body begins to shiver and my vision fades. Brock slaps my cheeks until my vision grows and I can see him again. Hey, hold on. I'm not quite done talking to you yet. You want to know why I chose you out of everyone at school? Everyone in this town? He leans in close. Because you are the least important person I could find. What's so special about you, huh? Can you tell me one quality you possess that would be worth your life? What have you achieved? He leans back, smiling. I slump against the back of the bench. Seriously, it's kind of ridiculous how insignificant you are in the grand scheme of things. I would be ashamed if I were you. I would be embarrassed at how easily you'll be forgotten. I mean, sure, your friends will be sad, and your parents will cry, and then a month will pass, maybe two, and then what? They move on. Everything moves on. You spent what little life you had choosing to be worthless, choosing to let yourself disappear, choosing to never amount to anything. Are you proud? This is it for you. You will be forgotten. He reaches out and wipes the tears from my cheek. I'm too weak to move, too weak to fight. At least now you can have a purpose. Now we can use you for materials. Your face will make a lovely mask. So lovely I might even wear it myself. My vision fades and I hear him chuckle. I try to fight his voice, fight what he's telling me, but I feel myself fall deeper into darkness. I hear him on repeat. You will be forgotten. Oh my god. What the fuck? What the fuck? Sorry for swearing. I'm allowed to swear. I'm one of the bosses here. What the fuck? Sorry for swearing, mom, if you're listening to this. What the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> that started off so misleading. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh. Damn. Damn. I don't know how straight people are, I just guess. Oh, brother. That was crazy. I feel a little icky-sicky. Brock, you dick. Okay, if I had to give your story a title, mm, I think I'd go with One Night with Brock. <laughs> so, is it One Night at the Circus and One Night with Brock? Yeah. <laughs> Those are my takeaways. <laughs> it seemed like a one night story. I don't know. Wow. Damn. Okay. Okay. Who? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Damn, Mel. That was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Claps all around. Easy claps from me. Okay. All right. Carson, as our first guest judge, before we get down to the nitty gritty judging part of your role here, <laughs> um, how do you feel from hearing those two stories? Do you feel like this was an easy decision? Was it tough? Are your socks spooked off? 
feel really sad. They they were both really sad stories. I'm gonna be honest. Me too. Um, very very well written stories, but very sad. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's totally fair. Your emotions are valid. I feel the same thing. I was really liking Brock. I was really liking Brock. At first, he put me off with his six-pack abs peeking through his v-neck, but... Wow. I guess I really can fall for anyone, huh? Anyway, let's get to the judging. <laughs> Sorry I said that. That was I thought that would be funny, and it was to, like, the four of us, but I don't know if anyone else found that funny. Okay, let's get to the judging. The criteria, let me repeat, is... Would I tell this story around a campfire? Can I sleep tonight? And my favorite, can I bring it home to mama? They're each rated out of five. So, um, Jess's story. Let's start with Jess's story. Initial thoughts, tell me. Um, I, I, the adjectives. Oh, so good. I loved the use of language in general, but the, the choice of adjectives in this story was so, so, so well done. Really, it really, really just brought the whole thing together to me, for me, at least. Hell yeah. On a scale of one to five, would you tell this story around a campfire? I I feel like I would tell the story around a campfire. I, 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 um, my, my one kind of critique in the campfire category for this story is that i feel like um i feel like it's so like well constructed within the world it's in that telling it around a campfire is not the best setting for it but i still like i feel like it still works in that setting um so i overall give it a four out of five in would i tell it at a campfire i'm just writing this down uh oh that's a percent sign oh i did it again Sorry, I held down the shift twice. Can you sleep tonight from hearing that story, Carson? Absolutely not. It was gut wrenching. I the just the, the descriptiveness and the the guilt. I feel really guilty, and I I'm I wasn't the one committing the crimes. Uh, and that's that's the 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 mark of a of a good um a good like perspective story is. You feel like the actions of the character whose perspective it's told from are your actions. Um, so I give it a five out of five. I'm not going to sleep. I feel so bad. I agree. I agree. I agree. Now, Carson, most importantly, could you bring it home to mama? So I, in this category, I think about my mom, who is very sweet and very wonderful. Would I, would I tell this story to my mom? And the answer is no. This would make my mom immensely sad. Um, I I feel like she could really appreciate it. She is a teacher. I feel like she would appreciate the the writing of it. Um, so I would I would give it a two out of five. Completely valid. I am very excited for other judges to hear this category because I don't know what it means. <laughs> so I'm excited for everyone else to figure that out. All right. Mel's story, initial thoughts. Gimme. Gimme, gimme. The I'm not like other girls character was just written so, so well. So, oh, it was... Hmm. Sweet. 
sorry i was doing addition and i don't know why it took so long it's just four five and two it took a second though okay mel's story uh category number one would you tell that story around a campfire 100 percent. i think it's a very very good campfire story because um it like i feel like i feel like you're go on this journey with me listeners if you will um you're around the campfire, you're joshing around with your buddies, and you start to tell this story, um, you know, as if you are Jennifer. And then, slow, so everybody, you know, is having a good time. They've been lulled into a false sense of security by humor, and then all of a sudden, gets real sad and real dark. And then, that's like the perfect campfire story. It's, the, it's a great blend of horror and comedy that I feel like would it, yeah it, it's so unexpected it's just ooh, i mm, re, i people's reactions i feel like would be super cool at campfire so i give it a five out of five in the campfire category earth carson be honest with me can you sleep tonight after hearing that once again absolutely not uh the whole uh the Elle's philosophy major side is showing a little bit <laughs> um i Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to be up all night having an existential crisis instead. Um, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, so once again, five out, of, five out of five in the sleep category. And Carson, most importantly, could you bring it home to Mama? Absolutely not. So my mom is a big fan of Hallmark-style movies. And I feel like the start of this, she would love. She would love it so, so much. She would love it so, so much. But then it would break my mom's heart. I feel like my mom would get so, so sad. I feel like my mom would feel so bad about this. I, I can't expose my mother to this. So um, it gets a zero out of five in the mama category. <laughs> zero. Oh. Hold on. Let me do this addition. Oh, it's just five and five. I can do that easy. Well, ladies, gents, everyone in between, and everyone who that is not applicable for, we have the results. Our team has gotten back to us. We know I am the team. We know who has the lead in our season of Spooky, Spooky, Spooky Stories with Mel and Jess. Drum roll, please. I don't know if the mic is picking me up very well. I am banging my fists on our counter. The winner of this episode's podcast. Wait. The winner of this podcast episode, wait, is that right? This podcast episode is Jess with a whopping one point lead. Ooh. Jess, do you have any words of gratitude, words of disagreement, words? Please tell. Sorry. Um, thank you, Carson for all your kind words about my story I would also not tell it to my mother um but I'm very excited and um Mel oh my gosh Mel texted me earlier today and um they were like oh my story is kind of like Twilight so that lulled me right into this false sense of like they're like it's not that scary it's just Twilight and I was like okay I'm still processing a little bit but thank you um uh, this was so much fun. Victory tastes sweet, does it not? Oh, sorry, you just muted yourself. Unmute. I was just eating chocolate, and so my mouth does taste very sweet. Um, yes. Eating bagel bites. Mmm, bagel bites. Well, 
<laughs> Sorry. It is 11.50 and I am sleepy. Oh, I'm also very scared right now. Um, I'm scared to go to sleep. Ooh, I want to rate. I want to rate. We're adding a segment called Host Rates as well. Would I tell Jess's story around a campfire? Yeah, four out of five. Would I sleep tonight because of Jess's story? Nope. Wait. Nope. Four out of five. Can I bring it home to mama? I would tell my mom the story. Three out of five. That is a... Oh, oh, I forgot my numbers. That's okay. Four, four, and three. Twelve. That's, huh? Twelve. Twelve? That's a 12 out of... No, 11. That's an 11 out of 15. And then with Mel's story, would I tell that story around a campfire? Absolutely. I think it's so freaking good. Five out of five. Would I sleep tonight? Yeah, the ending, like, spooked me, but I just think it's so freaking funny. Three out of five. And then would I bring it home to mama? Absolutely. I feel like I could really make my mom giggle with that story. Four out of five. I forgot my numbers again. I should really type them out. Twelve. Twelve. Tw oh, Mel's the winner in my books, but I'm not the judge. So, sorry, Mel. I guess the Twitter will have to decide. I guess you'll have to tune into our poll on our Twitter. And what's our Twitter handle? That is such a good question. Mel, I cannot tell you how good of a question that is. One of the best, I think. Literally, oh, frick, that is such a good question. Our Twitter handle is SS Mel and Jess. You know, like the ships. Woo! Oh my god! <laughs> Cute! <laughs> how romantic! And I'm gonna talk about our big, big garbanzo bean at the very end of this thing. <laughs> Sorry, I meant garbanza? Garbanza. Garganja? What's the big, like, party? Like, a big garbanza. Garbanza? Gorganza? Gorganza! Our big gorganza. I don't think it's gorganza. Our big gor... Gorgonzola is a cheese. Gorgon... Okay, our big gordonada. Our big gornada. Our frick, I know it's a thing. Yeah, no, I know it's a thing too. Okay. Gone. Our big I'll get back to Granada. Is it extravaganza? Extravaganza. Yeah. I'll talk about that in our outro. Okay. Thank you for listening to our first episode of Spooky Stories with Mel and Jess. Be sure to check out our Twitter where you can answer the poll on how on who you think the winner should be for this episode. Your votes count on our very last episode, which has a very big surprise. We'll have multiple judges. We'll have one main focus point. I won't tell you what it is. You'll just have to tune in, I suppose. And uh, by the end of this season of Spooky Stories with Mel and Jess, we'll see who gets a free Subway sandwich and who gets $10 from me. Thank you so much to our guest judge, Carson. Carson, do you have any socials you would like to plug to our lovely listeners today? Yeah, uh, you can check me out on Instagram at Carson.Rafuse. That is it. That is all of the social media I have. That's great. That's all we need, pal. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time. But you won't see us. Ooh.
poll on what you on which winner you thought when wins sorry start over again guys i am going off bagel bites and ice water alone i am so sleepy okay one more time sorry say that for the bloopers god i hate myself sorry start okay i don't hate myself i'm learning to like it myself my being okay all right (laughs) thank you to listen (laughs) everything is going wrong